Well, we heard from George Cullis. Uh, there's so many stakeholders in this uh, debate over how best to put together a transit system for Oakland County. Uh, Macomb County completely opted in, something that Mark Hackle's very proud of over there. But there's a lot of Oakland County communities that have opted out. That would end if this uh, millage passes. The ability to opt out would no longer exist. Uh, Chris is calling in from Southfield. Good afternoon, buddy. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Um, you've got something to say about this. Obviously, the transit is very important to you. Absolutely. And, you know, I take the transit around Metro Detroit to and from work and what have you. And I'm also on the SAC board for people with disabilities with SMART. And we're getting quarterly to talk about this and that. And I've been trying to get the SMART to authorize bus travel west of Royal Oak on Sundays because there is nothing on Sundays whatsoever going west of the Royal Oak Transit Center downtown Royal Oak. And so there, there are holes, there are gaps in the system even where it's paid for. Right. And if they were to authorize the transportation west of Royal Oak on Sundays, it would give people the ability to go out to eat via the bus over on, say, 12 Mile and Halstead yeah. or 12 Mile and Haggerty, or even take the bus out to 12 Oaks Mall, which a lot of people would be able to get to and from work a lot easier by taking the bus on a Sunday. So what I hear you saying is let's fill in the gaps in the system that we've got now before we extend it to the, the, to the nether reaches of, of the county. That would help out immensely and also give the ability to travel out to Rochester, where I heard that other gentleman calling from, sure. or other areas in that general area, or out to Clarkston or um, Waterford or what have you. Okay. Chris, all good points, and um, I'm sure one of the many points that will be debated as we get closer, 62 days away now uh, from Election Day. Take care, my friend. Good to hear from you. It is Tuesday, and that means it's time for Mobility Makers, brought to you by Bridgestone. No matter what the next generation of mobility will be, it will be on wheels, and Bridgestone will be there. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Uh, we're just a few days away. Actually, it's one week from tomorrow that we will have uh, media days at the North American International Auto Show as it gets its reboot at Huntington Place. Uh, and there is a VIP coming. Uh, the, the White House confirming that President Joe Biden will tour the Detroit Auto Show next week. Uh, September 14th is when he's coming. Of course, he's going to be uh, highlighting the EV manufacturing boom and his his infrastructure bill, which will help fund the, the charging network and things like that. Taking, uh, I would imagine, would be a political victory lap on that, but also professing that he's a car guy and that he supports manufacturing. In the meantime, folks are trying to assess just how strong the demand is for electric vehicles. Among them, our friends at TrueCar, which just put a piece of research uh, in the field and has uh, greater clarity on that. Wendy McMullen is Senior Director for Research at TrueCar. Good afternoon, Wendy. Hello, Guy. So let's, let's go macro. Let's go national first. Help me assess the level of interest and the level of interest at the price points where we're seeing EVs now? Sure. 
Well, we're seeing that uh, interest has really spiked over the course of the past year. We've actually been tracking this for a while. And as you might imagine, when gas prices went up this past spring, interest at EVs at a national level really uh, saw a significant increase. But increased demand, you know, it's it's an awkward thing because in some ways, is this really organic demand or is it coerced demand in places like California and the 17 states that are talking about just doing away with gasoline vehicles over the next seven to 10 years? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a bit of both. Uh, we're definitely seeing that people who already have experience with EVs are more likely to have interest in purchasing an EV in the future. So part of it is just exposure uh, and familiarity. Um, but a lot of it, too, has to do with what kind of infrastructure is in place. So in addition to any regulation that might be put in place around the types of vehicles that are made and sold, just having availability to a robust charging structure really drives uh, interest for folks as well. And when when you look at that demand, is it solid or is it kind of mushy based on the concerns about charging infrastructure, based on concerns about affordability? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great points. Uh, we see definitely concerns about uh, both affordability and Uh, charging. Charging, the big thing is people are worried about running out of charge on a long road trip. Uh, That that range anxiety remains a big thing. Uh, So one of the things that we're thinking about here at TrueCar is, you know, that there may be many people who not only uh, make the leap from uh, an internal combustion engine to EV, but maybe sort of make a transitional move uh, from from ICE to a hybrid or to a plug-in hybrid. But we, we, you know what's funny, Wendy, and, and this is, I think that makes so much sense that there needs to be this transitionary option and uh, this alternative. Mm-hmm. And yet you don't hear any of the automakers talking about plug-in hybrids or, or touting them. And I know there's a, there's an affordability issue there because you're basically paying for two power plants instead of one. But why is it that they're not blowing the plug-in horn harder? That's a good question. We'll, we'll have to ask them. Um, we certainly think it's an opportunity here at TrueCar. Uh, so we're definitely driving on our platform to have not only EVs and you know traditional internal combustion engines, but also everything in between, um, both new and used. And how does Detroit compare to the rest of the nation when it comes to this this passion, curiosity, and demand for EVs? Well, Detroit's a little behind the curve in this regard, um, perhaps not surprising, uh, so tied to the traditional automotive industry. Um, so what we see nationally is that almost six in 10 uh, people are considering purchasing an EV for their next vehicle. Here in Detroit, it's more like 50%. So it's a meaningful difference from what we see nationwide. Yeah. Well, we, we also love our exhaust fumes and we love the sound of a, of a muscle car. You know, there's just some <laughs> things that I know they're trying to do the, the synthetic uh, exhaust note thing. But I, I think there's just a lot of purists out there, especially in in this market. Uh, Wendy, yeah. we appreciate the research and, and uh, looking into it. It's it just is kind of odd that the one place where uh, the choir is not singing out of the same hymnal is is in the automotive capital. Uh, it says, it just it, as they are nationwide, uh, the automakers and the government have a long way to go in convincing people that this isn't just, uh, that it will work for them as individuals. We thank you uh, and our friends at True Car for the research. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. When we come back, whether it's the automakers, whether it's insurance companies, whether it's mortgage companies, they're trying to bring people back to the office after Labor Day. Will they succeed? It's a huge challenge. We'll tell you why next on The Guy Gordon Show.